It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the player prop and fantasy football expert, Chris Dell. You guys can find him on Twitter at MadJournalist. It is M-A-D-D Journalist. You guys can find us at TheBettingPredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NFL Week 13 Money Picks podcast. Uh, getting this one out a little bit late. Uh, Chris and myself, we've been behind this entire week. Uh, but for those of you guys who've been uh, checking in on the Discord channel, you guys have been getting all the plays. So Chris and I, we're going to try to go uh, through this card as fast as we possibly can. What we're going to do is we're going to give you the best stuff that we have for each game. We're not going to try to go ahead and uh, and go over a ton of stuff for, for each and every game like we normally do. Uh, try to stick to, you know, a half hour, 40 minutes for this podcast, but give you guys the best stuff um, that we can. So with that said, let's jump into our first game here, Chris. Uh, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Atlanta Falcons, Tampa going to be minus 10 and a half. We have a total of 50 and a half. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys Ronald Jones Jr. over 26 and a half rushing yards. I'm not sure if I gave him out last week to you guys to go ahead and score a touchdown or if I gave you his rushing yards over, but he did hit the end zone. And I think that the game script kind of sets up here for Jones to get a, a, probably a couple more touches in this game. Uh, Leonard Fournette last week was an absolute beast, and maybe they try to share the rock a little bit. So I like Jones over. I think that Tampa probably wins this game by double digits, and maybe Jones gets an extra touch, two or three in this game. So I'll go ahead. I'll give you guys that. Jones over 26 and a half rushing yards. Chris, what do you got? There's a couple props that I like in this game. I really just want to attack most of the overs if I can for Tampa Bay, specifically the numbers that have value when we're looking at the receiving yards specifically. Um, I do like Mike Evans over 58 and a half receiving yards. And I'm just going to go by the line the lines we gave out to our subscribers in our NFL in-season package. We give those out throughout the week on Discord. I know I was up till about 4 a.m. last night or this morning, probably put out about 20 props uh, just within that uh, time frame there. But a couple of the props I gave on this game, one was Mike Evans over 58.5 receiving yards at Caesars, minus 115. He's coming off a down week last week, and if you look at what he's done this year, anytime Mike Evans is coming off a bad week, Tom Brady looks his way, and there's no – tough matchup in terms of shadow coverage or tough cornerback that he's going to be lined up against. So, you know, the Falcons have probably the worst secondary in the league. The Bucks have the highest implied team total on the slate. And I'd rather play Evans over 58 and a half as, as opposed to Godwin, who's lying in the high 60s, low 70s. So give me Evans there. I look at those as pretty much equals in this offense, 1A, 1B. Evans more of a deep threat, giving you more opportunities to beat the low number as opposed to Godwin, who needs a lot of volume and receptions to get over his yardage. Um I also like uh, in this game, Tyler Johnson under 18 and a half receiving yards. Now I'm going to go a full unit on Evans, half unit on Tyler Johnson. It's just that Tyler Johnson has lost snaps. He's not like the de facto number three receiver in this offense anymore. The guy's had one or two catches maximum in his last couple of weeks. And if you look at his yards per catch average on the season, even if you're generous and give him two receptions in this game, most likely than not, he's not going to top the 18 and a half yards uh, that I that, that I like the under on at DraftKings minus 115. Tyler Johnson's a guy who's been losing snaps to Scotty Miller, who's back from IR. You have Rob Gronkowski coming on. Uh, you also have the Bucks just signing Brashad Perriman, looking to give him some opportunity over Antonio Brown's suspension over the, le- the next couple of weeks. And you got other guys like Darden coming in, just random ancillary guys who are filling in that role. So I think Tyler Johnson... He was, a, he was a kind of that chalky, cheap DFS play the last couple weeks. Uh, well, not last week, but I'd say a couple weeks before that. And he kind of disappointed. And it looks like the Bucks are starting to go away from him. And, and they're like, hey, this isn't our number three receiver anymore. So his routes run, his targets per route run, all those metrics have gotten down in consecutive weeks. And to me, I have him projected more in like the low teens, like one and a half catches, 13, 14 yards. I, I like the edge on that. It's just a small half unit play if, if, if you like those sweats with those low totals there. So those are the two plays that I like. And I also do like Gronkowski over 52 and a half receiving yards. You know, if you look at targets per route run, that's one of my favorite metrics when you look at usage overall for guys in terms of how much volume uh, they're getting and what their role is in their offense. Gronkowski is number one in the NFL in targets per route run, more than Kelsey, more than Waller, more than Mark Andrews. 52 and a half to me in this type of matchup. Again, I just think that's too low. So as opposed to going to Godwin, I'm going to go to Gronkowski and Evans. This is the three-headed beast for this passing attack right now. And I'll take the value on the two guys who are lining at 50s as opposed to Godwin, who's lined near 70. So I like over on Gronk, over on Evans, and I'll take the under on Tyler Johnson for a half unit as well. 
Yeah, I like the Mike Evans over too. I was looking at that. And one of the reasons being is like, you know, go back to last week and, and you, you can even go back throughout the entire season. You know, one player always seems to go ahead and get the rock. It's like, all right, we have to spread it around. And it was a rushing attack last week. So I'm looking at Brady this week and, and he has a favorable matchup to go out there, you know, and throw probably four touchdowns and 300 or 400 yards in this game. So I, I can't see, you know, how I actually thought that that the Evans total would have been, you know, closer to like 70, Chris. So when I saw like 58 and a half, I'm like, mm, I'm like, that's probably one of the better ones on the board, you know, for that particular game. Let's jump over to the Colts and the Texans. Colts going to be minus 10, total 44 and a half. I've never given out one of these props before, but I'm going to this week. And I, I actually think Jonathan Taylor gets the ball a lot in this game. And normally I would give out a touchdown prop, but he's minus 250 to score a touchdown. But on FanDuel, two plus touchdowns, you can get plus 185. I think Taylor sees the end zone in this game two, three, four times. That's just my gut feeling. I feel like two is probably a pretty good bet at plus 185. I understand that it's like it's wins. He's on the road. Do you want to let him throw the ball and kind of, you know, like they, they need to win this game. They need to rely on their most reliable player, and that's Taylor. So I could see Taylor getting in the end zone here twice. And for plus 185, um, I know it's not a p- play that you're going to uh, endorse there, Chris, but I'm going to go ahead and give that out. Taylor to get in the end zone twice, plus 185. What do you got? I mean, I like the value. I'd rather play that than play one touchdown. At, what is it? Probably minus 160, minus 170. I mean, probably some very highly taxed to the over there, right? Yeah, minus 250 for him. Yeah, that makes no sense. I mean, you know, the odds of him getting one touchdown, if he's going to score, he's going to have a chance to have multiple scores, like you said, in this game. The matchup is there for him. He's actually not going to be that highly owned when it comes to DFS tournaments this week, despite him having a great matchup against one of the league's worst run defenses in the league in the Texans. So if you can get Jonathan Taylor with this type of ceiling, being just modestly owned in DFS tournaments because guys are going to be going to Antonio Gibson. He's probably going to be the highest owned guy on the slate this week. Elijah Mitchell, Alexander Madison, Jamal Williams. You have a lot of guys who have a chance to be really high owned in tournaments, especially on DraftKings. And when you look at a guy like Taylor, he also has that pass catching upside, the 100 plus yard rushing bonus on DraftKings there too. So I love Taylor as a tournament play. And yeah, I agree with you 100%. Much rather play the two touchdowns and get the plus money almost two for one then, you know, you know, basically risk a unit on, uh, you know, if you want to bet to win one unit on minus 250 and you lose that prop due to some bad luck or variance, I mean, you're going to lose two and a half units there as opposed to just one for the two touchdowns. So I have much, I much rather prefer the two touchdowns. There. I, I like where your head is on that one. Um, when, when it comes to this game, Sleepy, I mean, you know, I don't know why the line is so low. I, I get it. T.Y. Hilton, he's old, he's washed up, but Look at you. I don't have to be the one to tell you what T.Y. Hilton has done historically against the Houston Texans. And his line is at 33 and a half, DraftKings minus 110. I, I really like that prop a lot. I mean, look, you know, of course, you know, Taylor could run for 700 yards and this could be 70 to nothing at halftime, right? I mean, obviously that's an exaggeration, but T.Y. Hilton, 33 and a half, uh, j- just way too low. I mean, it, it, when you look at just even this season alone, where, where T.Y. Hilton has pretty much done nothing outside of like the deepest, deepest of fantasy leagues uh, this season and season long, you know, he's still had really good games. His best game of the season came earlier this year playing against the Texans. Uh, even last season, I mean, you know, not too far off from where we are now. I think I want to say uh, I had the numbers right here. You know, earlier this year, four targets, four catches, 80 yards. Last year, his two games, 71 yards and 110 yards. So give me the over on 33 and a half receiving yards for T.Y. Hilton all day. And on the contrary, I'll take a half unit on Michael Pittman under, under 65 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Michael Pittman is averaging right around 52 and a half receiving yards when T.Y. Hilton is in the lineup this year. And it makes sense. I mean, T.Y. Hilton's not dominating targets, but he's just another mouth to feed. In in all honesty, T.Y. Hilton is the second best pass catcher that the Colts have in this offense. So when you got defenses keen in on Pittman, this type of game where the Texans actually have, a, a, I would not, not say good secondary, but average secondary to where they're not just going to get absolutely torched through the air, but where you beat them is on the ground. So with Pittman, I just don't know if the volume is going to be there for him where the Colts are going to need to throw the ball. Uh, he's gone under this total in, in, in a majority of, uh, over the last month, month and a half for him. So I do like the fact that we're getting uh, Hilton here healthy. 
Hilton with that matchup against the Texans where it's, he's been famous for torching them. I'll take on the flip side and correlate that with Michael Pittman under. I mean, it's double the, the, the yardage of what Hilton's is, so I don't mind playing those two uh, together there. And then, you know, another prop that I like, Sleepy, is my boy Tyrod Taylor. And I, I like Tyrod Taylor over 15 and a half rushing yards. We, we gave that out at Fox Bet minus 120. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, I believe, has gone over this now. Uh, in every single game he's played healthy this year, that's four games out of four. Even in the game that he uh, left at halftime against Cleveland, he had 15 yards rushing. So think about that. He, you know, he was on track for, let's say, 30 yards, upper 20s. He's beaten 15 and a half in essentially all five games if you extrapolate those games to four quarters, accounting the game he got hurt. So I really like that. I'd probably play that up to about 18 and a half. 19 and a half yards. The other three games he was healthy, 23, 28, and 30. Uh, I think the fact that, look, David Johnson, there's been no official news on him, but he did not practice once all week. There's a bunch of guys on the Texans who have been uh, on the injury report listed with a quote-unquote illness. At this point, I'd actually be more surprised if David Johnson plays, which means that, look, Philip Lindsay's not there anymore. Scotty Phillips is on IR. They literally only have Rex Burkhead and Tyrod Taylor. So I, I, I can only imagine that they're going to have to get Tyrod scrambling out in space, at least for a couple of runs. At his age, he's still one of the more mobile quarterbacks in this league. So I like Tyrod as a streamer in fantasy leagues. You know, he's giving you top 15 numbers every single time he started in fantasy this year, other than the one game he came back against the Dolphins and we've seen what quarterbacks have done against the Dolphins over the last month so I like Tyrod Taylor to beat that really low rushing prop and using his legs basically being almost like the second running back on the team I mean Burkhead himself could wind up with like 20 25 or more touches in this game I'm going to wind up starting Burkhead in one of my season-long fantasy leagues where I have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon both on by so that's where I'm at for this game I like the under on Pittman over on Hilton and I'll take Tyrod over in his rushing yards as well. You know, I don't mind the Hilton play at all, Chris. I think that that's uh, probably one of you, certainly a sleeper wide receiver for the week. But, you know, it sounds sharp to me. You know, when you're trying to get a guy like T.Y. in the mix, um, and, and you could look at the wide receiver for, core for the Colts. I mean, uh, they lost like Paris Campbell, and it's like, you know, when could we get Hilton in the mix, you know, uh, for a couple weeks in a row, get that guy's game kind of rounded out. Well, this is the game where it's like now we can go to him as much as possible uh, you know, being 10-point favorites in this game. So uh, I like that pick. I certainly think that that's actually, you know, quite sharp if you ask me. Let's jump over to uh, the Vikings and the Lions. Vikings going to be minus seven. Total going to be 46 and a half. I think this is Kirk Cousins all day, Chris. That's just my gut feeling. Uh, right now his quarterback prop for passing yards is over 274 and a half. Uh, I think he goes over that. I think he goes over that rather easily. Uh, there's going to be no Dalvin Cook this week or going up against Detroit. But the Vikings defense, in my opinion, uh, is probably slightly below average. And I do think that the Lions will hit the board in, in, in some capacity. You know, they'll, they'll push this uh, Vikings team to have to throw the ball. So I like Cousins over 274 and a half. I think that that's probably uh, one of my stronger plays on the week. So I'm going to go ahead and give that out. Cousins over 274 and a half. What do you got? Well, earlier in the week, I noticed that there was a pretty big line discrepancy on uh, Alexander Madison. One of my favorite props of the week was playing his over, I believe it was 95 and a half rush plus receiving yards on FanDuel. Now, the line everywhere else at the time was around 106 and a half or in like the, the low to mid 100s. Uh, so I, I just, to me... This is a smash spot for Madison. I believe I've got him number number three overall in my weekly fantasy rankings. And look, like I'm not saying that Alexander Madison is better than Dalvin Cook, but what I'm going to say is that when Dalvin Cook is hurt, I'd rather have Alexander Madison in, in my fantasy lineup than I would Cook because Cook will get you know 75%, 80% of the touches in Minnesota – because Madison's getting that other 20% giving Cook a breather here and there. But when it's Madison and no Cook, there is no second running back to give the ball to. So I think Madison has an even higher ceiling. He has an even higher floor in terms of his touch count in this game. I mean, if, if you look at what Madison has done in the time in the in the times he started this year, you know, he's he's totaling 153 yards and 171 yards 
in his two starts this year. And one of those was against Detroit. And at this point in the year, you have more motivation for the Vikings to get a win and stay in the playoff race here. Whereas the, as the Lions, I'm sure they'll compete. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll play hard. But where's that going to get them? So in this type of game script, you say, hey, look, even if the Vikings don't come out and dominate this game, Madison's going to be heavily used as a pass-catching running back. So I could see him beating 95-and-a-half, rush-plus receiving on the ground alone. And I'd be really surprised, as long as he doesn't get hurt, that he won't be able to beat this total here. So that's my favorite prop for this game. I also threw a half unit on Madison over 75 and a half rushing yards. I believe that's been steamed up to like the eighties at this point, but that was at points bet minus minus one fifteen earlier in the week. So again, if you want to get into our NFL in season package, we give out our props all throughout the week. Um, that's in our, in our subscriber only discord channel. We have a, a cyber Monday deal that we put up earlier this week. That's going to last throughout the weekend. So that's 50% off our in-season package price for the rest of the season. Includes the playoffs, includes the Super Bowl. Check our website for all the details you can get on that. But I, I like Madison over the 95 and a half. That's, that's gone up on, uh, about 10 yards or more at this point. And then the Madison over 75 and a half rushing yards. I, I really like that as well. You know, I, there's not really any plays that stand off the board for me, Sleepy, when it comes to the Lions. I mean, that, that's an offense I really don't want to touch too much if I can help it. Uh, but one thing that I do like is, is if you need a if you need a receiver in your fantasy leagues this this week and you're pretty desperate, I mean you could look to Josh Reynolds because obviously he has the experience playing with with uh, Jared Goff back in their days with the Rams, and you saw him instantly come in basically off the street. He was cut by the Titans a few weeks back, gets signed by the Lions, and instantly becomes their number one receiver. And when when you watch them play. You know, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, like those are two very small receivers. Josh Reynolds looks like your typical, you know, 1A alpha uh, perimeter wide receiver who can go up, win those deep balls, win those contested catches. I think he fits in well with this offense. And if I had to play any Lions uh, pass catcher over in terms of their receivers, even including Hawkinson, uh, because Hawkinson has a very tough matchup against Minnesota this week. They've been one of the best in the league at defending tight ends. Uh, I do like Josh Reynolds. I think he's going to get a lot of – I think he's going to lead the pass catchers in targets or at least tie Hawkinson with targets, and I expect him to get over 40 yards. It, it's it's a fragile play because I, I just can't ch- trust golf all that much to be able to get my receivers over on their yardage. But if I had to play one guy or throw a guy in a DFS uh, cash game lineup to save some money across the board, I do like Josh Reynolds the most. Uh, for the Lions, in addition, obviously, to Jamal Williams, who's already going to be pretty chalky as it is in DFS this week. All right, good stuff in that one. Let's jump over to the Chargers and the Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati giving minus three here at home. We have a total of 50 and a half. I was looking for Austin Eckler uh, catches in this one, Chris, and they're four and a half. I was hoping to get a three and a half. Uh, not the case. Uh, I'll play his his receiving yardage over. Uh, right now it's 40 and a half, so shop around. I'm sure you can get a little bit better of a number than that. Uh, I think he's going to be heavily used in this game. Uh, He was limited in the last game. He's been limited, you know, pretty much all year long. But there's been games where, um, you know, he's just shown up, had monster-type games. And I think that Cincinnati's a team that, you know, they'll they'll bend, but they won't break on defense. And I think that this just sets up for Eckler um, to have a pretty good game. And I think one of the other reasons why is that, you know, Herbert hasn't been, you know, just that lights-out dude. Uh, Williams has struggled a little bit. Cook hasn't been exactly the greatest. Same thing with Allen. So I think maybe they they, they revert here to a little bit more of the rushing attack, a little bit more of uh, the, the shorter passing game. So I'll look at Eckler over 40 and a half passing yards. I kind of like his rushing over as well. I think he's gone over 50 and a half, which that's what his total is right now on DraftKings. Uh, like three out of like the last five games, but he, he is hit and miss. But I just have a gut feeling like this might be the game where Eckler really goes out and, uh, and get, just gets a ton of usage in this particular game. So I like the receiving yards over more. Uh, maybe a pizza bet on over four and a half catches. Um, you know, he's had multiple, you know, six catch games, and I think that this one might set up um, rather well for him. So I'll go ahead. I'll give that out. That's kind of where I'm at with that game. Chris, how about you? Yeah, so my favorite play in this game, I mean, it, it's – I call this a square of a play as you can get when it comes to the props we give every, out every week. But this is one I had circled very early in the week, which was Joe Mixon, over 84.5 rushing yards at DraftKings, minus 115. Uh, I believe the line is now 91.5. So 
you know, again, I said this last week on the pod, people always want like, oh, would you do it at this number? Would you do it at that number? Like you never want to do it at a number other than the one that we're giving out, but you have to be line sensitive and price sensitive and all this stuff. And though even one or two yards above the buy price of the original bet, you're already losing a value at the end of the day. So Again, get in our Discord NFL in-season package. Go to our website, get 50% off on that because you're able to get access to these early lines. I mean, teams are running roughshod over the Los Angeles Chargers. Look at every single opponent that they've played. Uh, Even last week against the Denver Broncos, you saw Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon both combined to have really good uh, days in there. But you know what? I I also do like as as high as the line is, Sleepy. I actually do like uh, Joe Mixon over 19 and a half rush attempts as well. We've seen opposing running backs averaging close to 25, uh, sometimes up to 30 rushing attempts per game against this defense. They're they're literally the definition of a run funnel defense. And Chris Evans is going to be out for this game. It's just going to be Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. And we've seen Joe Mixon become one of the biggest workhorses in terms of the percentage of running back carries he gets in his offense alone. So Joe Mixon, just in the last two games, 28 carries and 30 carries against the Steelers and the Raiders. Well, he gets an even worse uh, rushing defense in the Chargers here in week 13. Bengals are at home. I expect them to do stick to the game plan that's been working for them, preserve Joe Burrow. And I'll correlate that as well with, with the half unit on Joe Burrow under 33 and a half pass attempts for this game. And you look at what he's done over the last couple of weeks again, it, it goes exactly in line with, with what Mixon's been able to do on the ground. I look for them to take advantage of this matchup here. The Chargers are a pretty tough secondary. They've been pretty good against opposing wide receivers all year long. So I, I look for a lot of Mixon here in that great matchup. And because of that, I'm going to temper my expectations just a little bit for Joe Burr. I think he can be efficient throwing the ball, but I don't expect him to need to throw the ball all that much because the, the, the way Cincinnati runs – and the way the Chargers run defense is set up, you could see a lot of time tick off the clock fast in this game, which as a whole is going to lead to reduced snaps and reduced plays for both offenses. So give me Joe Mixon over rushing yards, and I'll also take a half unit on Joe Burrow under 33 and a half pass attempts. You can get that at multiple shops right now still. All right, good stuff there, Chris. Let's jump over to Eagles and the Jets. Uh, Not a lot of props on this one, and for good reason. Uh, right now, Jalen Hurts is being listed as like highly doubtful, pretty much a game time decision. Uh, some 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 places uh, have ruled them out, but some places have ruled them out, uh, ruled them a game time decision. So my gut feeling, Chris, we will see Minshew tomorrow. And although there aren't any props on this one, I'm going to give you guys a touchdown prop. Goofy one. Greg Ward score a touchdown at eight to one. Why? Uh, I believe that Greg Ward probably gets a ton of work with a guy like Minshew. And if Philly wants to win this game, and they have to win this game, they can't lose. This is actually a very important game for Philadelphia. Uh, You need to get Minshew as comfortable as possible. And I know one of the guys that he works with, uh, with the second team, is Greg Ward. So uh, I'll give you guys Greg Ward score a touchdown 8-1. to Pizza bet it, you know, quarter unit, half unit. Don't go crazy. But I feel like if Minshew's on the field, that he's going to see Greg Ward out there quite a bit because that's the guy he's most comfortable with. I think you'll see less Rager, less Watkins, more Ward. So uh, I think, you know, against that Philly or against uh, the Jets pass defense, uh, why the hell not? So I'll give you guys that screwball one. I don't know if you have anything for that game, Chris, but I don't see any props. Uh, so I figure why not? Why not throw out a crazy one? Well, you can get some Jets props right now. I believe you can at least. I'm looking at the oddsjam.com, which shows numbers from uh, up to like 10, 15 different books at a time. Sometimes there's like a little bit of like a 30-second, 60-second lag or delay. But uh, my favorite bet, at least in this game, or two of my favorite bets for the entire week, my favorite bet for the entire week, I told you right before we started recording this podcast, I gave this out in our Discord yesterday, um, Ryan Griffin over 15.5 receiving yards. Uh, Now, the line's been moved to 18.5. I still like it at 18.5. I even like it up to like 19. I'd go probably half unit to 19.5. Uh, Eagles are 31st of 32 teams in fantasy points per game allowed to tight ends. They're bottom 10 in the NFL in DVOA versus tight ends. That's according to Football Outsiders. That's part of our player prop cheat sheet data that we accumulate throughout the week. That's available all week to our in-season subscribers as well. Uh, Sometimes we'll release it as like a free preview here and there, but 
all subscribers get access to that, like starting Tuesday or Wednesday for every single week, we go in depth on every single game and it's about 40 plus pages long by the end of the week. So fantastic data in that. Thanks to the rest of the team, Ben, Gene, Steve, that are working on that together with me. Uh, but anyways, going back to Ryan Griffin, uh, when I go through my trends and data report on the cheat sheet doc that we do, uh, I go through like what players have seen either consecutive week increases or consecutive week decreases in valuable usage data and metrics. And one thing that I noticed with Ryan Griffin is that he's seen consecutive week increases in his targets per route run. Again, I told you how important that metric is. Like when you're running a route, how often do you get targeted? Straight up, 22%. Consecutive week increases to 22%. His target share is increased in consecutive weeks to 17%. He's running a solid amount of routes. You know, not, not, nothing like a full tight end like a Travis Kelsey, but running between 60 to 65% of routes on dropbacks over the past three weeks. Uh, last week with Zach Wilson back under center, Elijah Moore led the team in air yards. Number two in air yards was Ryan Griffin, 31% of the air yards in week 12 for the Jets offense. He's got over 20 receiving yards in four straight weeks, has four plus targets in three of those four games with multiple quarterbacks under center. Man, Sleepy, I don't know what to tell you on this one. Like this is the type of play I'll go double the unit in terms of two units on this one. I usually like to keep my 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 props kind of, kind of flat across the board in terms of like half unit, uh, full unit, unit and a half. But this is the type of prop that to me, all the numbers align, the matchup aligns, everything. Uh, tight ends against Philadelphia. There hasn't been a single, we're in week 13 now, Sleepy. There hasn't been a single game all year where an opposing tight end has not gotten uh, over 15 and a half receiving yards against the Eagles. And you look at Evan Ingram, 37, Troutman, 58, Nick Bennett, one target, 20 yards, same team against the Saints. Albert O, 77, Noah Fan, 59 in the same game. How about against the Chargers? Cook had 48, Parham had 39, Steven Anderson had 39. They literally had three different tight ends get 39 yards or more. I can go down the list from the entire season. It spells the same thing here. Ryan Griffin, to me, over 15 and a half receiving yards at a max one and a half or two units. I still like a full unit up to 18 and a half. I'll go half unit, 19 and a half or higher. That's my absolute favorite play of the week. I also like Zach Wilson under 230.5 passing yards. Well, you say, why do you like a guy over his receiving yards and a guy under his passing yards? Well, 15 and a half isn't that much to get. So Zach Wilson, though, to me, I'd be surprised if he cracks 200. Especially if we get Minshew in this game, and it's a little bit more competitive. I could see the Jets sticking more to the ground game where you can absolutely run the ball on the Eagles, where I see Tevin Coleman could wind up with 15 to 20 carries himself. So I like Zach Wilson under 230, 230.5 passing yards. I love Ryan Griffin over 15 and a half receiving yards. Buy that up to 18 and a half as a best bet. All right, good stuff there, Chris. Let's jump over to the Cardinals and the Bears. Cardinals going to be minus seven here on the road. Total of 42 and a half. I have two plays that I like here. I want you guys to shop around for this one. Uh, Darnell Mooney over his receptions. Right now on DraftKings, it's four and a half at minus 165. Uh, let's avoid paying all that juice. See if we can get this down to like minus 130. I think that that's a fair price. And uh, four and a half seems really, really good to me. Uh, Dalton's going to Dalton more than likely is going to target, target this guy. I think, what do you have? Like 13 targets. I mean, he's had double digit targets when, when Dalton's been out there, you could also get his, uh, yardage over 59 and a half at minus minus one fifteen on DraftKings. So, uh, search around, but I do like the receptions over, but get a better price guys. I think, I think that's a, a, just a prop that I have to have on my card this week. So that's what I like most in that game. Chris, what about you? I do like Mooney. Uh, you know, he's going to be pretty chalky in DFS, but I think for good reason. Uh, I believe that – I just want to double-check on this because the Cardinals have had a pretty good secondary this year. Uh, I just want to double-check because I saw Byron Murphy was trending towards missing uh, this game here. If he does miss the game, I think that – you know, he had a limited practice on Friday, currently questionable. I, I would definitely go play the over on Mooney if we get the confirmation that Byron Murphy Jr. is going to be out for the Cardinals because he's been one of the better defensive backs in the league, and I expect him to cover Darnell Mooney a lot in this game here. I, I do think it's an upgrade absolutely for at least for Mooney himself when it comes to having Andy Dalton under center uh, as opposed to Justin Fields. And, yeah, man, 59-and-a-half, I, I definitely think that's a beatable number for a guy, a deep threat like Darnell Mooney. He's been peppered with targets to, to the maximum degree over the last few weeks now. 
And, you know, he's a big play threat. So again, with his speed, with the type of offense he plays in where they're most likely to be playing from behind in terms of game script wise. And we see this offense throws a lot more with Dalton under center. I definitely, I agree with you on the Mooney play that hasn't made my card yet uh, specifically, but it's definitely right on the borderline there. I also don't hate a play on Mooney. If you look at playing some alt line sleepy, like I could easily see him getting a hundred yards in this game. You could play, at least, you know, getting to where it's like decent returns. You can play Darnell Mooney, uh, FanDuel alternate line, 79.5 at plus 200, uh, 89.5 plus 300, 99.5 plus 410, 109.5 plus 630. I mean, honestly, like I wouldn't hate throwing like 10, 15, 20 bucks on 109.5 and, 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 and get six, seven times my money back there. So I don't think that's too bad of a play either. Uh, other than that, like there hasn't been anything that's really jumped off uh, the page for me for this game here because it's there's a lot of unknowns for Arizona, right? Like what what's the Cardinals offense going to look like with Kyler Murray back under center? The Bears are a team you're much better throwing against than running against when you look at historically what they've done in matchups throughout this season. Uh, and we don't know – we still don't know for sure 100% if Hopkins or Murray is going to play – I, it definitely looks like Murray's more likely to play than Hopkins, but both could play, both could miss. Like, what if Hopkins plays, will he be on a snap count? So I just can't touch anything when it comes to the Arizona pass catchers. Even James Conner, to me, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think his lines have been inflated enough at this point where he's had such a workhorse role over the last month. I don't know if there's any value on playing his overs either in this game. Uh, but, yeah, Mooney, to me, is the clear play. And when it comes to DFS tournaments, like I think David Montgomery is going to be played quite a bit in tournaments. I think Mooney's going to be played quite a bit. Connor's going to be played quite a bit. Uh, I just don't know if I want to go to this game in DFS because you know we're going to get a little bit of weather in this game potentially. And even though even though I don't I don't let weather affect like my start sit decisions for season long, uh, if there's a lot of chalk on guys who like don't have the highest ceilings per se, and you add weather to the mix, it's kind of a reason for me to fade. Uh, a game overall when it comes to my DFS tournament. So kind of my thoughts overall on this game, but nothing too strong other than the Mooney play that you mentioned. All right, let's jump over to, uh, why don't we talk about Miami and the Giants? Uh, interesting. Mike Lennon's going to play. Uh, he's going to be the starting quarterback here for the Giants. Dolphins, uh, right around minus six, minus six and a half, depending on what book you're at, a total of 39 and a half. Uh, Mike Lennon interception right now is like minus 225. You see some minus 250s. And Chris, I, I'm guessing you probably would agree with me that at least the Giants coaching staff's going to say, uh, stay the hell away from Xavier and Howard. So my gut feeling says that if you guys search around and you look hard enough, you're going to be able to find some Miami Dolphin interception props for some of the players, whether it be uh, Byron Jones, whether it would be uh, Rowe, uh, maybe a Javon Holland, something like that. Look and see if you guys could get like five, six to one on some of those guys. And look, maybe make a pizza bet on that because I think you're more than likely they're telling you he's throwing one interception, but there's a chance he probably throws two at a minus 250. And if 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 what I'm thinking is is correct, that they're going to stay away from somebody like Xavier Howard, well, it kind of leaves, you know, three players in the back end uh, to go ahead and get, a, a get to get an interception. So if you get a good enough number, I would say, you know, somewhere in that four, five, six to one range. Maybe, again, maybe make a small pizza bet, a little action wager in that one. Uh, as far as any other players in that game, Chris, uh, I know there are some uh, injuries that you have to talk about. I think Tony's banged up, Shepard's banged up. Uh, maybe we do we look at somebody like a Barkley? I don't know. I, just, it's, I don't know what to do uh, besides just keep firing away on Waddle and keep cashing tickets. I mean, the guy's been money for us the last couple of weeks. But um, look at the interception props. Maybe look at Saquon. Um, and that's really all I'll give you here. I think it's going to be a low-scoring kind of, uh, of of a dud game, and uh, I actually wouldn't rule out the Giants' defense uh, actually playing half-decent in this game. So those are kind of my thoughts on that game overall. You could tease down Miami, get them down to a pick uh, if you're feeling frisky, but you know what? You, you never know. That team's been rolling, but uh, the Giants surprised some, some people last week, so maybe they'll surprise again and, and, and bust up a lot of money line parlays and and teaser. So that's my thoughts on that, Chris. What do you got? Well, uh, Dory Jackson's been ruled out, so he's the guy that lines up opposite of James Bradbury. Um, you know, their defense has played well the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to give them too much credit for shutting down the Eagles passing attack last week. I mean, that hasn't been too hard to do this year, as much as I love Jalen Hurts for fantasy purposes. Uh, 
we're going to get Devontae Parker back in this game. And, you know, he's a guy where, you know, coming off a very lengthy absence in terms of the soft tissue hamstring injury that he had over these last few months, going up uh, against, you know, a guy like James Bradbury, potentially on the perimeter, where I think that Bradbury can use his size and his physicality to match up with a Devontae Parker. Uh, you know, I played the under a couple of weeks ago on the Monday night game between the uh, the Giants and, and the Bucks on Mike Evans, and that play lost, but it, it was it was close to cashing until a couple late catches in that ball game. So I don't hate going back to playing that type of matchup there with Porker playing in a much you know less potent offense than the Bucks as opposed to Mike Evans coming off a lengthy injury. Uh, I, I do lean at least for now uh, towards Devontae Parker under. I think the receiving yards on DraftKings right now is forty six and a half, whereas the projections have him for around like mid to high 30 so i think there could be some value on the under there uh he in the in his in two of his last four games he's had 42 yards or less so i just don't know how if they can ramp him up to 100 percent in this type of game here against like let's say a solid you know average you know giant secondary definitely not like a, a bottom tier secondary in the giants even without a dory jackson as i mentioned but other than that sleepy honestly like Steve and I, uh, Steve Reeder at Avoid the Vig, he's part of our player props team, uh, gives out a, a lot of information on power ratings, look ahead lines in our NFL in-season package as well. He actually does our power ratings for the betting predators and a lot of other stuff too. But we were talking a lot about Tua because we've been on a lot of Tua over props. And the Dolphins, they, they pass at the highest rate in the league at, outside of any team other than the Buccaneers themselves. Uh, in all of Tua's starts this year, Except for one, which was against the Bills, he's had a minimum of 27 completions in every single game this year. And when we, uh, he, uh, Steve had asked me earlier in the week, like, do you like Tua over pass attempts? And I said, well, I don't know if he's going to need to have that much volume against the Giants because I don't know how much Mike Glennon can compete on the other side against this Miami defense. But I do believe Tua can be efficient the way he throws those short target area type of passes. I think that's going to be the game plan this week with Mike Kosicki, with Jalen Waddell, getting Devontae Parker back, gets a little pressure off those two guys. You can still use Miles Gaskin in the passing game. Albert Wilson's emerged as their slot receiver as well. So out of out of the passing yards, out of the passing attempts, to me, the one I want to play for Tua is I want to play his passing completions prop over. Uh, and I'm just trying to look to what the current line on that is. Over 22.5, minus 105 on Caesars. I, I really like that a lot. Even in, in two games where the Dolphins won pretty comfortably against against Carolina, which has a pretty solid defense, you know, similar to the Giants in, in some ways, uh, the the Dolphins won that going away 33-10, to 10, and Tua was still 27 for 31 overall. So to me, that, that's one of uh, – I'm not seeing this until now, Sleepy, because I'm going through my notes over the last couple of days. This must have just gone up this morning. Uh, I really like Tua over – 22 and a half completions i'd be really hard pressed to see how he doesn't top that number again i think it's going to be on efficiency the the attempts line is like at 33 uh if he's got 33 attempts in this game my guess is he's completing between 25 to 27 if i had to set this line personally i'd set it at like 25 and a half juiced over or 26 and a half so i, I think there's a ton of value on Tua over 22 and a half right now i, I really like that problem two has been uh you know he's been stepping up man you can't a lot of people threw him in the trash in the beginning of the year because of, you know, the, the crummy couple of games he had last year. But, I mean, he's a guy, Chris, that, that we've used quite a bit this year. I would say we're certainly, um, you know, in the green, you know, going ahead and looking at, at two of props. And we have a, we had a, I think we had a game where, you know, you and I both unloaded on like three, four different props and he cashed them all. So uh, we've been rocking and riding to a, you know, for, for multiple weeks now. Let's jump over to uh, – why don't we talk about the Jaguars and the Rams here, Chris. I have one prop that I like, and uh, it, you guys are going to have to search around, and I don't understand why this isn't up, but I'm guessing, Chris, you're looking at probably like Van Jefferson in some way, shape, or form. Uh, last week, I think he had, what, nine targets. Uh, Cooper Cup was used heavily. Odell Beckham was used heavily. But Beckham, um, more than likely, is going to be questionable for this game, and I don't think they're going to go back to him. Uh, as much as they did in the last game. I think Van Jefferson has a good chance uh, to go ahead and get a decent amount of yardage in this one. I think his yardage was at 50 and a half. Uh, I'll play that over. But I like the over receiving yard or receiving uh, receptions, Chris. Three and a half. 
Now it's minus 158, so search around. I looked at BetMGM, don't see it there. Looked at uh, DraftKings, don't see it there. But again, you know, another minus 130 prop, I feel pretty good with that. Uh, so he's the guy I'm going to target in this particular game. Chris, how about you? I like that as well. I didn't see any props on him when I was looking last night, so I'm just getting around to this right now myself. But he's the one guy that I like the most because I still think he's getting disrespected uh, compared to the rest of the market when you look at Cooper Cup, uh, Odell Beckham here. Odell Beckham, it's there's still not a guarantee he's going to play. It, it looks like if I had to guess, he will play. Um, but Van Jefferson's still the number two option in this pass game, and you saw that he had a he had a near touchdown that was overturned on a, on a trick play pass from Cooper Cup. And if that didn't if that didn't get overturned, Van Jefferson would have been looking at a huge day, and his line might be like sixty as opposed to fifty where it is right now. So. I do like Van Jefferson over. I'm glad that we were able to target that now since it came out. Some of these props don't come out until so late in the weekend. But, yeah, Van Jefferson to me, um, I definitely want to add that play to my card. You can get minus 113 over 50.5 at FanDuel. I'd rather play that than the 49.5 minus 128. I don't think that one yard uh, between 49 to 50 is worth 15 cents of the VIG. So give me minus 113 over 50 and a half. I also don't hate, uh, you know, you want to sprinkle a little bit on the, on the over 69 and a half is plus 198, 59 and a half is plus 130. I think those are solid bets too. Uh, Jacksonville has been one of the secondaries that's been allowing uh, uh, league high, not the most, but one of the most in terms of uh, allowing 20 plus yard completions. They actually have a pretty solid run defense, you know, at least league average run defense they have a, a slightly above average pass rush. So in this game, I look for Stafford. I've got Stafford, man. Like I usually don't rank traditional pocket passers too high in my ranking sleeping. And, and you tell me if you agree or not, but Stafford's the one guy. I almost, I almost chose him as the image for my fantasy rankings article uh, because I've got him five spots ahead of ECR. I've got Matthew Stafford number three overall in the week. I got Brady one, Lamar two. Stafford three, Mahomes four. I, I just think this matchup sets up absolutely perfectly for Stafford to tear up this Jacksonville secondary. And I look for Van Jefferson to benefit, especially on the low line. He's running close to 100% of routes in this offense. And Jacksonville has been beat in their secondary this entire year. So the the uh, the consensus in the industry has him at number eight. I've got him at number three. And I, I just, I was trying to figure out a way to bump him down and, and I just can't do it. I think he's right up there right next to Mahomes, Lamar, and Brady. I think those are the top four for me, uh, clear cut in terms of top four quarterbacks in season-long fantasy for week 13. All right. Well, I'm glad you agree with me then because that makes you feel pretty good. Now, I have a strong feeling that you're going to agree with me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to take anything with Antonio Gibson, although I like it a lot. I'm, I'm going to let you talk about him, but here's what I will do. I think he gets in the end zone twice as well. I think there's a very good chance that he ends up in the end zone twice in this game. Now, you guys could bet him to score a touchdown. Love this one at minus 125. But for two touchdowns for Gibson, Chris, we're not getting like a Jonathan Taylor plus 185 price. We're getting 7-1 to one on Gibson to get in the end zone twice. I will do that here, and a lot of that is based on the amount of touches I think he gets in this game and the fact that McKissick is out. I think you're going to see a lot of Gibson in this game. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to talk too much about him, Chris, because I know that you probably do, and you probably have uh, a whole hell of a lot of reasons why you might want to use this guy. I, I just don't see how you can't. Um, so Gibson, two touchdowns, seven to one, and I'll let you go and rip a run, Chris. Go ahead. What do you got? I mean, I think it's good value there. Last week, it was McKissick who vultured the touchdowns. Typically, it's been even earlier in the year when Gibson was like an underwhelming fantasy draft pick. He was still getting goal line work all the time for Washington. And now there's going to be no one to steal that work from him anymore. I mean, yeah, you know, backup running back Jared Patterson could score a fluky touchdown. Maybe Heineke could rush one in. I get it. But taking McKissick out of this offense, you know, he's scored a few touchdowns here and there this season. I expect even more of that to go to Gibson. I've got Gibson number five overall. I know some people who have Gibson top three this week, and I and I don't hate them for doing that. I might even move Gibson up at least one spot uh, above Elijah Mitchell. Right now my top five for the week is Jonathan Taylor one, Alexander Madison two, Joe Mixon three, Elijah Mitchell four, Gibson five. Then I have Fournette and Eckler six and seven. So to me, those are my top seven clear-cut running backs on the week, and Gibson's right in there. Um, I actually have a few props that I like on Gibson, but 
again, get in our NFL in-season package, our subscriber-only Discord, because a lot of these props have gone up uh, since we gave them out. To me, my favorite prop for Gibson was over 16 and a half rushing attempts. That's now at 17 and a half, and it doesn't seem like too big of a difference, and I still do like it at the 17 and a half, but probably only for a half unit. Once you get to these carry props, you know, you move the line just one carry in either direction. It's, it's a massive difference in terms of the, the final outcome and results that you're going to get. But I really like Gibson to beat that total. Uh, the, the Raiders are a run funnel type of defense. They've been that way all year long. We've seen running backs to, total averages of like 25 carries per game. And I expect Gibson to be getting 75, 80% of the carries. I know the coaching staff mentioned that they like they wanted Wendell Smallwood to come in and play that third down role. But Please keep in mind that Wendell Smallwood has not had a single NFL touch since 2019. He didn't he didn't even play a single offensive snap in 2020. So I don't expect Smallwood to do much of anything in this game uh, tomorrow here in Week 13 against the Raiders. And I also like Gibson on his uh, receptions and his uh, and his receiving yards. I, I like half unit on each. I'll split it down the middle. Earlier in the week, you could have gotten plus 140, plus 145, I believe, on over three and a half catches. I think that's a solid number because of the plus money. I like the value there. Uh, You can get right now plus 134 on FanDuel, Gibson over three and a half catches. I mean, yeah, he's coming off the seven catch game, and I'm not going to overreact just to one game. But, you know, this is the healthiest he's been all year. McKissick's not there. Gibson was a a former receiver in college. So I, I don't think it's too far out of the possibility for them to throw him a couple balls here and there even on base downs, like not even on third downs uh, in this game here. So I, I really like the, the plus money value on the over receptions for Gibson. And I think the current line on his receiving yards, I want to see if this one's moved at all in any direction. I, I, I still like him at over, I believe it was 20 and a half receiving yards. Caesars minus 110. They've moved that line up one yard to 21 and a half. But to me, I just, this, this is the week where Gibson gets the massive workload. Yeah, you know what? He could get hurt. He could re-injure the shin. We lose our props here, but I'm going to go two units on Gibson. I'm going to put one unit over the rushing attempts. I'm going to split up my second unit, go a half on the over three and a half receptions plus money, and I'll take the other half unit, go over 20 and a half receiving yards. Those are numbers he was beating easily with regularity last season uh, when when he was healthy before he got that shin injury. So I think massive day ahead for Gibson. I don't hate those touchdown props either. Uh, you know, he's going to be the absolute chalk in DFS. You want to lock him into your uh, cash game lineups and tournaments. You want to fade him because you play a guy at like 30, 40% ownership in a tournament. You're not really going to be able to get, you know, that much leverage on the rest of the field. So in that case, you want to fade him, but anywhere else props season long, you want to be all in on Gibson for this week. All right. Well, I'm glad I brought that up and let you kind of take the, uh, take the runway with that one, but yeah. I mean, I think it, you got to be there, Chris. I, th- I just feel like you have to be. All right, let's jump over to the Steelers and the Ravens. If you guys have read the news today, uh, Big Ben's hanging them up officially at the end of the year. Uh, at least that's what the reports are, are kind of saying right now. Pittsburgh, they're going to be plus four and a half here at home. Uh, we have a total of 44 and a half. You know, I don't know, Chris, if that type of news makes you think anything different, you know, about player props, but uh, I believe there's probably some ways to go ahead and attack this. Um, I don't know what to do with this particular game. I don't know which players to go ahead and pick out. Uh, the, the one most reliable player that I've had uh, with these two teams in general has just been Mark Andrews. And uh, I could go after him again, but you know what? I've cashed it so many times. I think Pittsburgh is going to say we need to take away, uh, you know, at least one of Jackson's biggest threats. So I'm going to stay away from that this week. I'm more than likely going to pass on everybody in this one, unless you say something that's really uh, compelling that, you know, that you're saying, like, you got to bet this one, then no problem. I'll just tail you and follow along and, uh, you know, root for the best. But what are you seeing with the Ravens and Steelers for this week? Well, I think this is a get-right spot for both passing attacks here because the Ravens, I mean, you know, yeah, it was that, what, 16-10 to 10 game against the Browns, so everyone's going to be a little bit wary of playing these guys in DFS. But in terms of tournaments, like, some of the guys with the highest ceilings in the league are playing in this game. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, and these all are guys that are going to come in, I believe, at like 15% down to like 5% or less ownership in tournaments. And when you're playing guys with that high of a ceiling that have like that big of like out range of outcomes in terms of what you can get from them in in their just weekly scoring, and they're only going to be owned by that much of your competition, you absolutely want to be on those guys in some of your tournament lineups. So 
for me in terms of props, like I think the market's just completely out and wrong on Marquise Brown. I mean, this guy uh, was like a, a deep threat only over his first couple of years. Ever since the halfway point of last year, like he's one of the lead lead, lead leaguers in targets. And um, Marquise Brown over four and a half receptions, minus 122 on FanDuel. Like this guy's had double digit targets in five of his last six games. So to me, his line should be at least five and a half, if not close to six, six and a half. I really like the value there. And then the Ravens themselves, surprisingly, you don't think of this when you think of the Ravens, they've allowed the most completions of 20 plus yards in the NFL this year. I'm firing up Chase Claypool as much as I can this week. DFS season long. I really like his over 54 and a half yards. Uh, they play, you know, the Ravens in terms of the defensive scheme that they play. I expect Claypool to have a good matchup there on against their outside cornerbacks in, in terms of avoiding Marlon Humphrey in the slot. And Big Ben, you know, as much as we want to make fun of his arm strength this year, he has shown the willingness to throw it deep to Claypool. And Claypool, in every single active, healthy game that he's played this year, he's averaging around 70-plus receiving yards per game. So give me Claypool over 54.5 receiving yards. And I also really like Marquise Brown. I think he's getting underrated. He's coming off an injury, had kind of a down game, but he had 13 targets in the last game that he played. Again, double-digit targets with regularity week in and week out. If I get a guy that has double-digit targets that has a plus matchup against a a below-average secondary and his reception line is four four and a half, I'm almost always going to take the over on that. So those are my two favorite props for this game here. All right, let's jump over to our final game here. We have San Fran and we have Seattle. Uh, Current line on this game right now, has San Francisco favored by three and a half. We have a total of 45 and a half in this game. Um, I don't know what to do with Russell Wilson, dude. Like, I actually think, like, I think he's played his last games for Seattle. I think he's cashed his chips in and he's just ready to move on out of town. Uh, I've seen Wilson play before, dude, and that guy could could beat your brains in if he feels like it. And the play that I've seen with him for the last, you know, week or two, it's just not Russell Wilson. And you could say he's injured or whatever, but he's been at, at, in, let's just say in his worst days of injuries, he still hasn't played this bad. He has Lockett. He has Metcalf. Uh, he has a tight end that he could throw the football to. He's just clearly not in it. Like, he doesn't care. I think what he's trying to do, get the hell through this season healthy and move on and move out of Seattle. So it's tough for me in a game where the running back situation is banged up to just go ahead and, and just blindly fade Russell Wilson, which I really want to do, but it's scary. Um, he's burned me a bunch of times in the past, but I feel like um, there's probably some props in there that you can find to go ahead and fade him, but it, it's a little bit scary to me. But the one that I actually like, and, and I'm, I'm actually really happy about this, Chris, is that uh, Debo Samuel's out, Brandon Ayuk's in. Ayuk is in my fantasy uh, season long, and I've been unable to use him for you know 80% of the season, but now I can finally use him. Now I can lean on him. And I like his, his over four and a half catches. You can get that at like minus 120, minus 125. Uh, I think he's going to be you know the go-to guy. He's out of the doghouse. So why not go ahead and play him? I think you can get his uh, receiving yards too at 50 and a half. Maybe play him over two. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with that game. Those are the props I like the most, both on Ayuk I know I'm rooting for myself here, but I feel like that's probably the way that you should go, you know, against the Seattle secondary. What do you got, Chris? Yeah, when it comes to guys that that here's how I look at it. You know, you, you take your bias and like your personal fandom out of it. But what what happens is is guys that you do play in fantasy, if you're in a lot of season long leagues, is that if you're able to say subjective on thing or objective on things, then um well, I, I mixed up those words there. But anyways, you, you got my point. If you're able to stay unbiased in your situation here. You know, if you do follow the the news and the analysis around your players, around these offenses, like you have a little more insight into these specific players than you do with other guys. And it, I don't own Brandon Ayuk in any fantasy leagues this year, but, you know, I do look at him for props. And I do know the absence of Debo Samuel in this offense. I do also know how big of a factor Brandon Ayuk was last year when he was getting a fully featured role as the number one receiver playing with Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense here. So to me, I'm with you. You know, it feels like a little bit of a square play, but Brandon Ayuk to me over uh, 60 and a half receiving yards. I I do like that play as well. The projections are pretty tempered for him this week for the 49ers offense as a whole, because they're playing against a Seahawks team where the Seahawks have the slowest offense in the league. Like 
they they average the least amount of snaps per game by far across all 32 teams in the NFL. But I do like Ayuk over because of those things we talked about here. And then one play that I like where if you look at the box scores and the game logs, like you're not going to, you're not going to really understand this play. But uh, if you listen last week, one of my favorite plays, we gave this out early in the week before week 12 was I had a double dip under prop on Tyler Conklin. Uh, I had him under three and a half catches under, I believe it was 35 and a half yards. Those cash pretty easily because the 49ers have been by far and away the best team against defending tight ends this year. Uh, Dan Arnold, two weeks ago, this was when he was fully healthy. People wondering what happened to him. He had a game where he had zero targets, zero catches. That was against the 49ers. If you look at what what tight ends have done against them, you'd be hard-pressed to find, I think, one tight end out of like 15 or 20, because obviously you have multiple tight ends on different teams playing, that have gone over 25 receiving yards against them all year. So as much as Gerald Everett's been a factor, we have DK Metcalf now getting the squeaky wheel treatment. Coaches are saying they need to get him the ball more. Uh, people were like perplexed why he only got a, just one or two targets towards the end of that game. Or uh, by the end of that game, he only had one or two targets. So um, I think Gerald Everett, to me, you know, we've seen him have a couple, you know, up games, even though, you know, 37 yards to him is kind of an up game. But he, he needed nine targets to get the 37 yards last week. And a couple of those came in kind of garbage time catch-up mode when Washington was playing more or less prevent defense. So I actually really like Gerald Everett under 31 and a half receiving yards. I'll play that down at 29 and a half. Uh, I don't see him cracking 30 because of that matchup here. More targets to Lockett, uh, more targets to DK Metcalf as well. And they also do run a second tight end and Will Disley occasionally. He'll get about 30, 35% of the tight end routes there. So uh, I like the under on Gerald Everett. And then, I mean, I can't play an over for Seattle. That offense is a complete disarray. I think Pete Carroll has messed up the entire operation there in terms of offense. Like, you know, they basically fired Schottenheimer last year for opening up the offense and letting Russ cook and letting him to drop back and throw the ball a ton. And they had like one or two down games passing and it's essentially Schottenheimer was fired. And then they brought in Shane Waldron, but Shane Waldron hasn't done anything to change the offense compared to the train wreck it was towards the end of last year. So I can't put this all on Russ. To me, it's like complete scheme based thing. I know Russ is hurt, but uh, the way they're running their offense is an absolute travesty. And uh, if you blind bet all their all their unders across the board, I'd be shocked if you didn't come out like 55, 60% at least winning in, in, in that regard. I think one or the other is going to happen, Chris. Either Carroll's gone and they and they throw the kitchen sink at Russell to stay or Russell gets out of there and, and Carroll stays. But there's there might be a good chance that um, that they just completely rebuild and, and both are gone and maybe there's multiple players gone. Who knows? Uh, but we'll see. Uh, good stuff this week there, Chris. Uh, I'm going to leave your um, your your word mix-up flub. I'm leaving that in this week uh, because last week I forgot to take out your coughing, so I'll make sure I leave that in for everybody this week. But it was a good podcast. Uh, hopefully you guys make sure that you uh, follow us uh, on our Discord channel, follow us at BreadingPredators.com. Uh, Chris will have our NBA stuff coming up here uh, rather soon, too, for Christmas, so uh, you guys will be getting some information on that sooner or later. Sleepy, just want to just add in too. I put my fantasy rankings out uh, late this week because I was running behind from Thanksgiving weekend and everything. But uh, you can go to bettingpredators.com. You can get my week 13 rankings. I go through about 250 plus players from quarterback down to tight end, defense, kicker. Uh, that You can search by scoring format, standard scoring, half PPR, full PPR. You can get those all for free every week at bettingpredators.com. And just by the way, I mean, we can only do so long in these podcasts, but there's about 12 props in our subscriber only discord that I've given out that I wasn't even able to touch on uh, in this podcast here. So as again, you, you can get access to our 50% off cyber Monday sale that we're extending uh, until this coming Monday. So if you want to get half off on our NFL in season package, hit that up, hit me up on Twitter. If you have any trouble with your order and I can hook you up with a discount there too. So appreciate everyone's support so far this year and uh, ready to have, uh, I think it, This week, we're going for our sixth winning week out of the last seven weeks on props. So very excited about that. All right. Good stuff there, Chris. We kept it under an hour for everybody. So we did our job uh, with this particular podcast. Hopefully you guys do well uh, for NFL week 13. You guys know where to find us on Twitter, SlippyJ underscore pregame, at MadJournalist, at TheBettingPredators.com, and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NFL week number 13. Enjoy the games.